In this day and time, you can't even get sick. You are strung out. Oh, by God, I'll tell you something, friend. I have never been strung out in my life, except on music. When I got sick here in the hotel, I got sick here that one night. I had 102 temperature. They wouldn't let me perform. From three different sources, I heard I was strung out on heroin. I swear to God, hotel employees, Jack, bellboys, freaks that carry your luggage up to the room, people working around, you know, talking, maids. And I was sick. I was, you know, I was getting, had a doctor, had the flu, and I got over one day. Was I? But all across this town, I was strung out. So I told him earlier, and don't you get offended, ladies and gentlemen, I'm talking to somebody else. If I find or hear the individual that has said that about me, I'm going to break your goddamn neck, you son of a bitch. <laughs> that is dangerous. That is damaging to myself, to my little daughter, to my father, to my friends, my doctor, to everybody in my relationship with you, my relationship with up here on the stage. It is dangerous. I will pull your goddamn tongue out by the roots. Thank you very much. The thoughts and ideas expressed in this podcast are solely those of the authors and guests of the podcast. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to Soberless Thoughts. I'm Mike Edenbeck. I'm Alex Corley. And these are Soberless Thoughts. Hello and welcome to the most riveting show that you'll ever find this side of Tanzania. That's right. I'm talking about soberless thoughts. And uh, if you read the the cover of this podcast episode before you clicked play, which I know you fucking did, you know that tonight we're talking about the Elvis Presley conspiracy. Mm-hmm. But first, uh, we need to be drinking something because after all, this is soberless thoughts so alex what is it that we will be drinking tonight we are gonna be drinking paul masson's peach brandy Mm-mm-mm. doesn't that sound nice actually is, i didn't know how to f- feel about this is that uh, how it's pronounced paul masson's that's kind of how i thought it was either all right i was either gonna country it up and say mass on and i was gonna assume this is probably going to want to be French. So I said, Masson. You don't think it's just Mason? <laughs> oh, no, man. Mason is M-A-S-O-N. This is two S's. Yeah, I know. But I don't know. When I read it, I just said Paul Mason. Paul Mason. <laughs> or Paul Masson or Paul Masson. Uh, I don't know. Uh, that is a good question. Paul Mason Masson Mason. If you could get back to us. <laughs> I don't know. I was just trying to make it sound more uh, grandioso. Yeah, just uh, send us an email at soberlessthoughts yeah. at gmail.com. You know it is probably Mason because this is made in California. This isn't made in France. I don't know yeah. what I was thinking. Um, I'm trying to like crochet it up when I go to Kroger. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's, so how this, I, that's how I pronounce the grocery store. That's right. I go to a crochet. Um so this brandy is, let's see, I'll read you off the log line here. So peach, a delectable fusion of smooth tasting Paul 
Masson brandy and the flavor of fresh, juicy peaches. Best experience on the rocks or combined with your favorite mixer. Um, it is 27 point, or I'm sorry, it's 27 percent alcohol, meaning it is 54 proof. Uh, you ready to give this a whirl? Yeah, we had a debate before we started drinking this whether we're going to drink it straight up or on the rocks. I'm glad that it even suggests on the rocks because that's definitely what I did. That is definitely not what I did. So (laughs) I have some readily available. All right. (laughs) But I'm going to try it straight up first. So I got to say it first. I can smell it and it smells so damn sweet. It does smell sweet. Yeah. All right. Let's give her a try. All right. Cheers. I'm all shook up on oh. I think is where it would be at because it is definitely a little sweet. It has a more of a burn to it than I thought it was going to. <laughs> That's what I was about to say. It it is sweet, but it's weird that it's yeah. sweet and and kind of has the burn to it. Yeah. Mm. Um. So I don't mind it. It's uh, you know, I'm, I mean, it's brandy. Um. I think I've talked about brandies a little bit and let me refresh myself, yeah. make sure I'm telling everyone the correct way. Cause I right. feel like Brandy. Yeah, Brandy. Um, That's my least favorite girl name, by the way. <laughs> um, I'm a big fan of the Amandas. <laughs> yeah. Um, so brandies at which I knew this, but it, you know, they're made from uh, fermented fruit and then you uh, basically make a mash out of that. And then you, uh, basically distill that uh so it's a little bit on the sweeter side it's almost like a wine yes i always say like 
I always pictured like wine, port wine, brandy, cognac, and like the levels of like how intense like the different fruits can get, kind of thing. Because uh, brandy is still a little bit on the sweet side. I know some will age them in wine barrels, and they'll even put a little bit of wine in it, infuse it, and uh, stuff like that. So, um, but this ain't bad. I would definitely like the smell of it made me go uh, this seems like something I would shoot all night long and then hate the taste of it at the end of the night um, yeah man I could I could totally see doing shots of this but like I could really see mixing this though with something yeah. and it being fantabulous like even uh, like as I know we suggested earlier before he came on here uh, sweet tea like it would be fantastic with some ice some iced tea oh yeah oh Let's my make god some peach tea out of it yeah now that would be pretty solid i uh oh man that, there's so many things you could do with that because the peach definitely comes through really well yeah all right well the reason why we're drinking this while we're talking about uh the sensational elvis presley is because Elvis's father, Vernon, once told this story about how uh, Elvis never really ever drank, but one time he almost killed himself because he got a hold. He, this is like, like high school age. They were younger than high school age, like middle school age. Yeah, he got a hold of a bottle of peach brandy that his dad had and drank it took it took like a drink of it when he was home alone i guess yeah and was like wow this tastes really good so took another drink of it and then took another and then before you knew it he'd finished off the whole bottle i don't know if you know this about elvis or not but he had intestinal issues yes i did know that and he uh, really couldn't drink. It wasn't that he didn't like alcohol, but it was that alcohol didn't like him mm. as far as his intestinal issues went. Yeah. So him drinking like almost that entire bottle of peach brandy apparently almost killed him at a young age. And we would have never known Elvis Aaron Presley. <laughs> wow. And it was actually that incident that, uh, later on in life kind of kept him from drinking which I know this is kind of weird being on Soberless Thoughts but yeah. uh, like when Elvis would have big huge parties at it, at Graceland there would be no alcohol there yeah like everybody would be drinking Coca-Cola <laughs> <laughs> and eating like chips and dip and shit yeah there'd be a massive orgy going on <laughs> <laughs> but nobody was drunk yeah so there there's that so there's peach brandy peach brandy all right well i guess let's get into this man yeah let's do it let's get into old elvis aaron presley uh eighth degree black belt karate master the only man to take out chuck norris and bruce lee two-on-one in hand-to-hand combat competition <laughs> there's no way that's right <laughs> did you actually have an eighth degree black belt 
Yes. Okay. I just, I mean, I've seen the moves and he does that crazy, like, oh, like that crazy hand movement. Yeah. I didn't know if you were dicking around or not. Oh, yeah. No. Yeah. Oh. Uh, uh, no. Everything I just said is absolutely 100% true. <laughs> uh, he really, he really did have an eighth degree black belt. It was a karate yeah. master, as they say. Actually, he started, uh, he was drafted into the army. And while he was in the army, was when he started his love for not only Priscilla Presley, but also uh, karate. Mm. Yeah, he, there was uh, they're doing some kind of karate like lessons for the army in Germany where he was stationed, and he did one of the classes and fell in love with it. Thought it was amazing and thought it would be something uh, handy to have for when he got back to the States and started performing on stage again, if anybody tried to rush the stage on him. Yeah. He could karate chop. Yeah. yeah. Karate chop that motherfucker, which apparently happened multiple times. That's the video I want to see is someone rushing the stage and him just like Judy chop. Boom. And just <laughs> boom. And like hits him at square and like the, the side of like you know where the neck meets the the, like the, the armpit of the neck <laughs> yeah and he just that person's whole body just goes limp like and boom down you got elvis yeah <laughs> <laughs> now i want to see him do like a roundhouse kick with his big yeah. boots hell yeah Ooh. oh and then then do a little little pelvis shimmy over top of him afterwards. yeah right <laughs> so all right let's talk about uh the early the early life of of uh, elvis real quick okay um so people would like die to open for elvis on stage mm-hmm. well the first person to do that was his twin brother jesse oh <laughs> yeah i i did a little research <laughs> <laughs> damn <laughs> Yeah. So, uh, oh my God. That was bad to start with. <laughs> yeah. I was not expecting that. I was like, wait, what? Oh. Uh, all right. So, uh, Elvis and Jesse were both, uh, well, they were both born August 16th, 1977. And, uh, Elvis, that, that was what I was, what I'm, uh, alluding to is the wait. twin brother. What? They, they were born on 1977? No, January. That was the death date. January 8th, 1935. 35. Okay. Yeah. I was going to say, I was like, 77, man. That's kind of late. Yeah, that was <laughs> that was when he supposedly died. Yeah, we'll get to that. Uh, yeah, January 8th. Sorry. January 8th, 1935 in uh, Tupelo, Mississippi. Mm, Mississippi. Yeah. And uh, can you spell it correctly? M I S S I S S I P P I. You damn right. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know where it is on a map, Alex? Ooh. <laughs> I could figure it out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> One. Give you a best out of three guesses. Yeah, it's in the south. <laughs> You're right. There yep. you go. See, I'm already ahead. Um, supposedly the story goes that, uh, 
He lived a graceful 42 years and then died of heart disease. Right. On uh, August 16th, 1977. Mm-hmm. Now, is that what really happened? We'll get into it. Yep. But the early years. <laughs> the early years. So, uh, yeah. So he was born. Uh, he was twins. He was twins. Identical twins. Twinsies. Uh, his twin brother, Jesse Garen Presley. Unfortunately, uh, after about 30 minutes. Or no. No. He was born about 30 minutes before Elvis and but was born, stillborn. Yeah. So he had died inside the womb. So apparently Elvis had already known all those karate moves uh, before he was born. And he that was something that he regretted his entire life was karate chopping his older brother to death uh, inside the womb. Or did he? I don't know. I've got a conspiracy of my own about that one. Um. <laughs> so, <laughs> so maybe. Maybe, yeah, not. maybe. Maybe. Maybe not. Maybe not. Yeah. Uh, so then he, him and his family moved to Memphis, Tennessee, the poor section of Memphis. Yeah. But he does go to an all-white high school. Yeah. Because they're still segregated. While he was in high school, he uh, started... Actually, he got into a, a talent show at his high school where he sang, and he won the talent show at his high school. Mm-hmm. So they sent him to the county fair to perform at the county fair in a talent show there, singing, and he finished in fifth place. Oh, yeah. After he graduated high school, he was trying to figure out what he wanted to do with his life. He wanted to be a singer, but he didn't have a band. So he went to the local recording studio, Sun Recording, and was like, hey, do you guys need a lead singer for a band anywhere? They're like, well, audition for a couple of things. So he, he auditioned for like a like a, a quartet and didn't get that. And then he auditioned for some other band and like called the Hi-Hats or some shit like that and didn't get that. And then they're like, well, we got these songs that we have wrote by these Jewish guys. Uh, let's see if you if you like any of these songs and we might record one of them. And they picked out this one song for him. And they're like, all right, well, let's sit down and see if you can sing the song. And he's sitting there and he's trying to he's trying to do his best on it. And it's just not working out. And the guy, the producer is like about to just be like, Look, dude, this- Maybe this isn't for you. And uh, they're like, let's take a break and we'll come back a little bit and try again. And while they're on break, he's sitting there with the musicians in the room. And he's like, well, what songs do you guys know? And they're like, well, we know this song. We know that song. He's like, oh, yeah, I know that. I know that song. And they're like, all right, well, let's play it real quick before we come back. Just fucking around. Oh man, I, it's funny as I just saw that it was. It's like a, it was a, it was a slow tempoed blues song that they all knew, and then they all started playing it, and it was a that he started changing it, making it more upbeat, basically taking blues and like speeding up the tempo of it a little bit. And then, yeah, and then the producer is like sitting in the other room listening to them doing this. Yeah. And then he like turns the microphone back on in there. And he's like, "Hey, uh, let's take a break and we'll come back and we'll try again." 
do that. Let's record that. Fuck that other song. Let's do this. And uh, and that ended up becoming his first uh, single. I thought one that was interesting that when I was doing a little bit of research was, uh, you know, he he his brother was stillborn and it really affected his mother. And his mother was very overly protective of Elvis and like didn't want him to do anything that would kind of risk him. So like there was one Christmas and like we said, he, he was kind of broke. He was poor. They actually were on, they'd get help from friends. They were on government assistant, that kind of thing. Well, she took him to the store to get like, pick out like a birthday gift. And he wanted, oh, uh, he w- either wanted a bike. Oh, it was something else. I can't remember what the other thing is. And it, they were both in her and his mother was like, overly protective and was like one they couldn't afford him but two was like i want to get him something that's going to keep him from doing anything real dangerous so that's at least how the story goes and then he ended up uh his mother ended up buying a guitar for him and that's where he started to kind of learn how to play guitar was one part his mother wanting to protect him and not or something like that, but something that they couldn't afford. But for some reason, they could afford a guitar. I guess guitars were like dirt cheap back then. Yeah, because because right now, like I could go buy a bike for eighty bucks. It might not be the best bike out there, but I could go buy one. Hell, I, dude, I could buy a bike for twenty, thirty bucks if you had a yard sale, right? Right. You try to fucking buy a guitar <laughs> for twenty, thirty bucks. That guitar is gonna eat your fingertips alive. But at least you got a guitar. Now I can't talk too much shit because my one of my first guitars was forty five dollars and it was acoustic, but I should have wore band aids on my fingertips. It was just like razor blades playing that damn thing all the time. I still got it, by the way. Yeah, uh, that oh. was your first guitar. Well, it was my first acoustic. Let me put it that way. Yeah, my first guitar was an electric silver tone, and that one was actually like like a hundred bucks. 120 maybe um and it was literally it wasn't even like a guitar store it was like remember fye or uh all that kind of stuff yeah where they had they sold all the cds yeah they sold cds and dvds and a bunch of like random pop merch well in the back of the one here in town there was like a bunch of guitars hanging on the wall well they were all just kind of like starter guitars and i guess i you know i told my mom i was like i you know i'd like to learn how to play guitar so instead of going to the one guitar store in town, which they probably would have been like, oh, you need to get him a Fender st-, like just start probably telling her all this crap yeah. that she doesn't need. The funny thing is the guy that, who used to be the band director was like the manager of the FYE now. Oh, wow. And my mom knew him. So she just goes like, hey, I don't know shit about shit. Right. What He goes, well, I think this guitar has the best sound. And she, so basically... She just kind of got the guitar on his reference. He's like, you're going to pay too much money for these. This is a good one. So, and that one, actually both of those, I've kind of turned into like pieces of art. I have uh, decorated them very immensely. What'd you do to them? Just cover them in stickers? Yeah. One of them. Everything but the pick guard. (laughs) Hell yeah. Well, you know, it's completely unique then. It was until (laughs) like... I guess I did it in high school, and one of my band members was like, that's a good idea. Then he did it, but he was way more artistic, so his was like way more like perfectedly laid out. Yeah. 
and like made it look really like it actually looked like a collage and mine looked like someone went to the warp tour and threw up on a guitar <laughs> but mine's way more punk rock so whatever yeah as it should be exactly uh but yeah i told cat uh <laughs> i told Cass, like if whenever we get a house i'm gonna hang these guitars on the wall not like as you could pick them up and play but like mount them somewhere so they're like crossing each other or something over a mantle or something in yeah. my man cave that's awesome dude i, would, I just want to have a big marble bust of my head from like my traps up yeah preferably of like what my uh <laughs> of that that picture that i sent you uh, i think it's on the instagram page <laughs> dude <laughs> just have that as a bust <laughs> First of all, if we ever get a podcast area of our own, like a studio, those yeah. two things are going to be like in nice frames out front. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> the generals. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Elvis's mom was very, uh, <laughs> she was very uh, overly protective and and affectionate towards Elvis growing up because of the lost baby, we think. Yeah. To the point where all the way up into high school, they shared the same bed. Uh, all right. Yes. I mean, was it... I don't know how to talk out of this, but uh, is it because she was protective? Or Man, that is weird. Uh, I can't... I got nothing. All I was going to say was it, was it that or they were just so poor they couldn't afford one. But then I'm like, man, you could sleep on the floor. You could uh, sleep anywhere on a couch, you know. Yeah. Our, well, I mean, if they had it, I mean, back then poor was a whole different level of poor. Yeah, that's poor, true. Poor was it was like one shack. It's like, all right, we have one bed, and we're gonna have to Charlie and the Chocolate Factory this, and we're all, all four of us are gonna have to sleep in this thing. So, feet to you know, face to feet. Yeah. So his nickname for his mom was Satin. That. Which in itself is really kind of just creepy that that was what he called her. But then yeah. when he got married to uh, Priscilla, that became her nickname. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah. So, how, how fucked up is that? <laughs> Okay, well, since we're already going down this route, I want to bring up something that someone told, like, as I was doing some research on this. Man, like, this dude's a little fucked up on all levels. Um, way more than I realized once I started deep diving into this. So, apparently, Elvis told Priscilla, before they even got married, which she was, she was of age when they got married, I'll say that. He goes, I can't have sex with a woman that's had a child. And he, he really, he preferred virgins. Yeah. And he basically, like, they after they had their first kid, he never touched her again. Not, well, so the thing well, like, that they didn't have sex again, or at least that was the rumor. And that's what led to her. But anyway, we might be getting ahead of ourselves. I just, I've, I've been like biting at the bit to say that like that's some crazy shit they yeah. go i don't have i don't hook up with women that have children and then you're saying all this about his yeah. mom I'm like this is getting weird there's yeah. some subconscious we need a psychologist on here 
the so so here's the down. here's the deal with with uh, Priscilla. Okay, so he meets her in Germany when she's yep. fourteen. Yep, the first year that he's in Germany, he makes a deal with her father, actually her stepfather, because her dad had passed away. Yep. So he makes a deal with her stepfather that he will marry her, move her to move her to the United States and marry her. And I don't know if there was like some kind of dowry or it was like a fucking, I don't know what it was like a bride for hire or something, but he became completely infatuated with her in Germany. Meanwhile, he has a girlfriend at the time back here. I did not know that comes back, breaks up with the girlfriend and he like lets it be known to Priscilla's stepdad. Like, Hey, uh, I'm going to at least wait until she's of age before I marry her, but I want her here now. At this time, she's 16, okay? When he finally yeah. comes back to the United States. Of course, the stepdad agrees, sends her over to the United States to Graceland. She shows up at his door in this tiny little skimpy sailor's girl outfit. Hey, I was on here. Oh, damn. <laughs> So he's like, all right. So what he's going to do is he's going to have her live in like the guest house with his grandma until she's of age. Right. So he's got to wait like two years before he can marry her. Yeah. And by the way, he doesn't marry her in two years. It's like five years. She's there for like five years before. I think she's 19 before they get married. And the reason is because. Now she's here. Now he basically has her and he's like, look, I can't have sex with you because she's like, she's like, I'm a virgin. I don't want to. I'm she was also a Catholic and she's like, look, I don't want to lose my virginity until I'm married. And he's like, hey, hey, that's great. You know, we won't lose your virginity. But listen, baby, there's a hell of a lot of things you can do. Damn. And apparently there was a hell of a lot of things that they did. Yeah. And by the time she became of age to get married, he was kind of done with it because you also have to think, yeah, there's like these stories of them having like the, (laughs) the one, the one, the one story that's told in this one documentary, the guy's like one part of the Memphis mafia, which was his entourage that hung around with him all the time was like, man, there is a lot of fucking women in this party going on right now. He's like, I'm going to just for the fuck of it, I'm going to count them. And he counted 152 women for seven guys that were in the room. Yeah. And basically how these parties would work out was the girls would all show up. They'd be drinking their Coca-Cola, eating their chips and dip and shit. Right. Elvis and the boys (laughs) would come in the room. Yeah. And they would basically be like, stand back. And let Elvis pick the ones that he wanted. And he'd go through the room and pick the girls that he wanted. And then they'd all go into the other room and leave all the rest of the girls in the room with the other guys. That is wild. That is like, I mean, granted, he's like the first rock star, but it's weird because the dude just like in that arc of a story, he went from R. Kelly to like Motley Crue. Um, Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> like he, this is he is such a weird 
dude because it's like you don't know how to feel about the guy you're like god damn i mean that's fucked up but i i get all the girls at the party yeah meanwhile he's got priscilla sitting Uh, at grandma's house waiting to get married yeah she's locked yeah he's locked her up and is like no you're gonna stay here and uh mature essentially uh (laughs) because it would be i mean i there, I, I remember seeing something about this where they're talking like part of it was too. I mean, you know, things were like as this guy that I was kind of listening to, he was like, you know, things were different back then, which they were. But at the same time, there were things that were like, like there are certain things that are still wrong then right. that there were today. And that was definitely one of them. But they were like, but marriage was like the weird gray area. Yeah. Which weirdly enough, I don't, I mean, not that I don't know if we'll ever do it on that, but I've. I've recently like can't wrap my brain around um, the the R Kelly Aaliyah thing. I didn't know there was an R Kelly Aaliyah thing. You didn't know about that, so no. All right, just real quick, just so you can see the 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 parallel of this. So R Kelly back in the day, I mean, you remember Aaliyah before she passed away, right? Yeah. Okay. When she was fourteen, she married R Kelly what right but they they fibbed her age on the marriage certificate to be 15 because you had to be at least 15 to get married to somebody in the state of california wherever the hell they got married at with and well with hopefully with like uh parental parent. consent yeah right. okay yeah with parental consent you could Jesus do that kind of thing so yeah yeah so there's that but they come out later that they lied about it and it was fibbed and our, that was the first like sign of the r kellyism where you're like that's messed up dude what the hell and then you know he's like just wait i've got i got a piss and i got some other stuff <laughs> down the chain uh but uh, he's like, we haven't even got to the good stuff. Yet. Yeah, yeah. Uh, here's the most fucked up part about this whole thing, and it's like the biggest red flag. Well, now that like now that you're at the looking glass, so that happened. They get a divorce years later, probably when she turned 18, um, and like she goes does her thing. I mean, part of me thinks too. There's like, man, there could be a conspiracy involved with r kelly and her and her death and yada 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 that's beside the point um but the craziest thing so the whole reason he met her was because they got either signed to the same label or same manager or something like that and they started to get involved when she was that young and she released her first album you know what her first album name was what age ain't nothing but a number oh my god Is there not a bigger red flag than that? Yeah. And I think he was like, I, I don't I don't know for sure. But this is as far as I got into like hearing about all that. It's it's like he was in the uh I don't know if he's a producer or helped her with it or whatever, but they were definitely involved in that, like together. How did that not all come out then? I don't it, because back then they were just like ah, I, like they because I think it was soon after I think it was even his manager was like hey if, if you're going out you have to marry this chick there's no way this can be cool and that's where it kind of got brushed under like oh he married her like like it was still the 1700s like oh yeah it's fine he married her no it's <laughs> still not fine dude. yeah 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 
but <laughs> yeah yeah so that's where I'm like I have the entire time about this part of Elvis Presley I'm sitting there going like fucking R. Kelly Elvis Presley <laughs> yeah. damn it I don't know man I don't so apparently they never even fooled around or did anything more than just kiss when they were in Germany yeah that's so that's kind of what I've heard too like there people have talked about it where they're like they like they tried to stay because one because he could get in massive trouble and you know go to jail I mean he was a public figure at the time so he knew he knew the law I guess well I mean the guy's like in his early 20s okay he's 22 through 24 is when he's in Germany he's Elvis Presley even though he's in the army he's still Elvis Presley he's still world famous already at this point right they actually offered him a special detail in the army to where he could just go around making music still if he wanted to. Yeah. And it was actually his management team that talked him out of doing that. Like, hey, uh, don't do that because when you come back to the States, it'll look better if you just did your time like everybody else did instead right. of, you know, being a showbiz guy there too. Yeah. But, that being said, he still had his own house off of the base where all his entourage got to live with him still. And they had like massive parties every night. And then he would get like an hour of sleep and then be all like zipped up and go back in the, on obituates and shit and go back in the work and try and stay awake the whole next day. Yeah. Doing his army thing, and he's passed out in the corner, just <laughs> <laughs> it, it, crazy shit, man. Yeah. Anyways, that being said, all, all our Priscilla from sixteen to nineteen, just she just had to deal with a lot of butt play. It sounds like. <laughs> oh, damn it. <laughs> uh, so moving on <laughs> yeah oh so they get married he has lisa lisa marie presley the daughter uh he doesn't want anything to do with priscilla to begin with after they get married because he really didn't even want to get married he didn't even want to get married because like i said he had already he done been through five hundred thousand different girls and was like you know i'm like i at this point, I'm not even, I'm over it, you know? Yeah. But they got married because he was under contract <laughs> with her stepdad or some shit. He finally gave her the D and the V and uh, they had Lisa Marie. Oh, that should be a song. The D and the V equals Lisa Marie. And <laughs> <laughs> he wasn't feeling it. He wasn't feeling it to begin with. He was there for his daughter, but he wasn't there for her. So they got divorced. Uh, she got custody of the baby because that's how it works in the United States. Yep. And uh, even if you're Elvis, even if you're Elvis, even if you're Elvis, you hear that, Eddie Cupid, even Elvis <laughs> didn't get custody of his kids. Yeah. <laughs> uh, speaking of which, be on the lookout for our Valentine's Day special coming up where we have the return of Eddie Cupid. Right. 
<laughs> everyone's everyone's favorite matchmaker. Yeah. The love guru himself. <laughs> Mr. Eddie Cupid. All right. So uh Elvis uh he always said that he well, we already talked about he doesn't drink, right? Because right. alcohol doesn't like him. And uh he always was a big uh proponent against drugs, street drugs. But as long as he was prescribed a drug, he was all about said drug. Sounds like a square. So that's so it, yeah. So that's how that's how that was. It's like the irony of the suburbs. <laughs> he he was a man of white privilege. Yeah. So, let's see. <laughs> Do you think all right, so a lot of people we'll just go into some random shit. Do you think a lot of people think that uh was it was it when you steal from somebody else's culture? Cultural appropriation. Yeah. Do you think Elvis uh had some cultural appropriate uh, uh, what appropri appropriation appropriation i can't say that when i drink this much brandy yeah no it happens um i don't know i mean he grew up in memphis it's it's see this is a very difficult question to answer because it's yes and no is what the real answer is is it's did he now like there's documentaries out there there's actually bill burr did a stand-up about that where he talked about Elvis and um, you know the manager was like I was looking for as, as Bill Burr puts it I was looking for a white boy that could take uh, the blues and combine it with uh, bluegrass he didn't say that nicely but that's what they kind of put it as uh, but him kind of growing up in the south and then moved to Memphis and he got exposed to the Memphis music scene which at the time would have been gospel uh, country bluegrass and then the the beginning tip of rock and roll which was driven at the time um by i i, I guess like rhythm and blues yeah rhythm and blues like it, it was the kind of the black culture of the era yeah that kind of perpetuated this so and especially i i don't want to say it this way but it's kind of what it was him being a poor white and probably living in certain areas actually had more of a diverse kind of existence than people of middle class, because back then it was all segregated. But if you're poor, you're just poor and you just got to live wherever you can live. And he probably actually had a more, like I said, a diverse growing up, you would think at least, uh, cause sad to say back then, you know, the segregation, it kind of definitely kept a lot of, black people down definitely kept them in the like in poor neighborhoods or at least you know like you said segregated in certain areas so you would think he would be exposed to it now whether he intentionally went i'm gonna take it i'm gonna take it from these people or i've got exposed to it and i've i'm gonna take it in and i'm gonna grow with it and then i'm gonna make it my own which is just what artists do you go out, experience the world and all its nuances, and then you process it, and then you give your version of it. Uh, that's where the yes and no comes from. So it's kind of like, yes, no. I'm sure every dude in the music industry that was trying to perpetuate him to make him make money so they can make money 
Probably yes, but he maybe not so much. It might have just been an experience thing, but I don't know. Um, well, I know he his house in Memphis was less than a block from one of the biggest uh, rhythm and blues bars on the poor side of Memphis. So he probably walked by it all so, the time. So he was listening to it at night, almost every night. He heard it from his house. So these are all, this is all music that that he listened to all the time. Right. That he always heard. Yeah. This is stuff that, and and, and he self-admittedly was his favorite music. <laughs> yeah. So that's some Kanye West shit right there. <laughs> yeah. It's funny. Here's the thing about Elvis that I think is so funny. He is the first to make all like I, Bill Burr said this thing. I'm not. It, it, I totally agree with him. But he is the first to make all the mistakes. He loves his own music. He's like, I'm a fucking genius. <laughs> yeah, he wasn't humble. That's no. Yeah, yeah. He he was the king. Yeah. Um. But uh. Yeah. So I don't think. Honestly, I don't think that it was cultural appropriation because I think that it was he was a huge fan of that type of music. Uh, it was his favorite type of music, that and gospel, and that was what he did. And he went to and his church was a, a evangelist church where they're like all dancing oh, they, and they get down. Yeah, yeah, where they I've, get down. So yeah, he's I've so he's got him. that he's got that going on in his church. You know, he's listening to the bar that's a block away, that's less than a block away from his house. Yeah. And you know, he's it it is what it is. Like that's what that's what he's growing up around. That's his environment. Hey, let's be honest. He's in high school. He definitely probably snuck out and probably went down to that bar and at least either try to get in or peep in the window and if he's like this big of a fan of music especially back then you probably didn't have a lot of exposure he probably went down to the bar and just listened hung out front and listened or out back or wherever you know I'm yeah. saying like, well there's rumors there's, there's rumors that it was these musicians magicians these musicians <laughs> at this bar that really kind of taught him how to play guitar mm. and they would be like sitting out back sitting out back behind the bar like in between sets and shit and he'd be he'd be back there with his guitar like trying to and they'd be like showing this little white kid how to play that's that's actually kind of cool that's like uh and it makes sense too because i don't know if like to pick up a guitar and just teach yourself without youtube and all this other shit isn't extremely difficult but if you have like a mentor, even if it's just guys, random people teaching you little things here and there, yeah. you start to kind of, you know, piece it together. Right. Uh, so that's kind of cool. I dig that. Yeah. I like that vibe. So, uh, so yeah, so I don't think that's, I don't think that's what it was. I think that was just his surroundings. And then also, um, I feel like he kind of actually opened it up for black people, rock and roll. Yeah, because before he made it popular, it kind of took a white guy 
doing those songs to open it up to the radio to allow the colored people in to basically start being like okay to be listened to on radio yeah because there was there were songs that he covered that were already released by other african-american musicians that got no airtime at all right and then after he covered them then people were like well this is a cover of who tutti frutti's a cover a little richard yeah well what's little richard's version of it yeah he and then, exp- so they go back and listen to that and they're like well shit that's way better than Elvis's either <laughs> yeah right yeah let's say he exposed it to middle america is what it was yeah yeah and that's that's always I, I was thinking about that too actually as i was listening about this because i was like that's like every time it's it seems like that's the key and it's and it's honestly part of it i don't know this is me just putting on my like conspiracy hat but it kind of boils down to money because like to get it into middle America, especially back then when there was segregation, all that kind of thing, like you needed, you almost needed a white boy to do it, to break into that because they weren't going to be as receptive because they were just so standoffish at the time. Uh, And it, it was, you know, the, the industry was definitely fueled by money is what it was. And that's why I like, the cultural appropriation, all that. It's such a a interesting topic because it's like, like the artist does it because they like the music, but everyone around them is doing it for the money and they'll do whatever it takes for the money. And that's like, those are the people like you need to go. You guys are assholes. Like you all are the ones that are fucking appropriating. The artists might not be, but you fucking dicks are right. Because yeah. you all are basically like, yeah, do that. So this underground music that we think is amazing can get to a wider audience and you can make me fucking rich. Yeah, but is it like that? So Sun Records that he started recording with. Right. They had a lot of African-Americans on their record label. Yeah. Which is where he like a lot of his his first album he put out had several, mostly all covers of songs that had already previously been released right by african-american acts yeah you know and there's there's a funny stat that uh the number of songs that elvis presley actually uh wrote himself is out of like the 600 something songs that he recorded is zero (laughs) are you shitting me for real (laughs) no zero songs He's a performer, man. That's right. He's a singer and a performer. That's yeah. he's not a songwriter. Yeah. So yeah, just like uh Frank Sinatra. <laughs> yeah. Never wrote any of his songs. Right, right. So, you know, it's it was a different time, man, where a lot of these guys they didn't write they didn't write their own shit. I always thought that was so weird because you always picture the older times to be the ones that wrote their own songs. But yeah. then they're like, hey, do you want to sing Sandman? Sure. I know 30 other people have sang it. But then you go back and look at this shit and they, everyone's saying the same songs. Like, that's what's weird. Yeah. 
Well, because so here's here's how that broke down was you'd have professional songwriters yeah. who were employed by the record labels. Mm-hmm. And those professional songwriters would sit down and a lot of times they would write a song specifically for a certain artist for their style. Uh. And like, uh, for example, Hound Dog was a huge hit. One of Elvis's like first number one hits, right? Right. Well, it was originally wrote for this uh, big old black girl who released it like three years before Elvis did. And it was like a minor hit for her, but it was like exactly her style that she sang in. Like that screaming RB type of music, oh, right? She's got that guttural, like, like where she's like, I tell my baby, like that kind of thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So then when Elvis starts releasing music, they're like, shit, this white boy's kind of got, he's got that kind of voice. Mm-hmm. So, like, hey, try this, try this song that we get, because this is, these songs are owned by the record label. Right. Right. They're not owned by the artists. Yeah. So they're like, hey, we've got, you know, 5,000 songs <laughs> that we have. Yeah. Here's one that, you know, had minor success in the, in the black music scene. Let's see how you can do this. Right. And he just tears it up and they're like, well, there's your hit. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, so these songs, like none of these, it's all, I can't, I can't remember the name of these two guys, but there was like, there was like 500 something some odd songs that Sun Records had in stock that were all wrote by like these two Jewish guys. <laughs> and like almost all these songs that are huge hits for Elvis, uh, uh, Jerry Lee Lewis, uh, um, oh, who else? Uh, Johnny Cash, like there's there's like a whole list of artists that were for Sun that were labeled under Sun Records, and they were all like wrote by these same Jewish guys. Huh. All these hits. I want to know how much they made. Probably, I don't know. They probably just work salary as writers. Yeah. But uh, the uh, the other thing that these like if you look it up, like if you look up. Uh, writing credits for Elvis. Mm-hmm. There will be several that it says that he quote unquote co-wrote, but in reality, the label had to give uh, like a fifty. It was under contract. He, Elvis specifically had this under contract that he got fifty percent of the writing, like money for writing it for hit like for all his songs at one point in time for a couple of his albums or whatever. Yeah. (laughs) So which his manager had set up so that he would basically get extra money that his manager could then take because his manager was all about getting as much money as possible as you were saying earlier. Right. (laughs) The Colonel. Yeah. And, uh, (laughs) but so like all the co-wrote, like all the co-wrote, that Elvis has mm-hmm. they're all just it's all just bullshit it's not they like it was under contract that they had the the record label had the say that he wrote like half of the song 
<laughs> yeah. Anyways, man, I want to get into the conspiracy, the death conspiracies. Okay. Because everybody, because I feel like everybody knows the life of Elvis, right? Right, right, right. Most people do. Most people know that he he was a he was the king of rock and roll. Uh, he ran around. He slept with a bunch of different girls. He had a baby. He had a baby. He was now an actress. Uh, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I was not ready for that one. <laughs> uh, so, which is Lisa Marie Presley, Lisa Elvis's, Marie Presley. Elvis's daughter, right? Was married to Michael Jackson. How fucking weird is that? I know that's like a whole nother mind fuck. Because there's another dude where you're like, there's a lot of skeletons in that closet, and what she up? was much older than he was. Yeah, but yeah, it wasn't hit that that wasn't the scandal I was talking about with him. Uh, but uh, <sighs> but talking about a dude that uh, you know, you're talking about Elvis didn't write a single thing. Michael Jackson wrote almost every single one of his songs except for uh man in the mirror which is a lot of people's most favorite and i think there's another one i can't think of it off the top of my head but the rest he fucking wrote like actually wrote not elvis wrote like the beatles he was like the beatles yeah uh but yeah also i can't help but think of elvis every time i watch the naked guns <laughs> why is that lisa marie presley man she's in oh, it oh yeah She's the love of uh, Lieutenant Frank Drebin. That was Priscilla Presley. Was that her daughter? I thought Priscilla was his wife. Yeah, Priscilla was his wife. Well, that was her. Yeah, that was their daughter. What? What's happening? I don't know. My wife is objecting. She's vetoing my statement is what it is. Now I got to look it up because she's freaking me out. Like I said, she's right. real time fact checking you. Yeah, she is real time. She uh, said it was Priscilla Presley that was in the movies. It was Priscilla Presley. We don't need all that. Damn. She just flipped me off. <laughs> I don't know why I always thought it was his daughter, not his like ex. But was it so? Yeah, it was Lisa Marie that dated Michael Jackson, right? Yes, yeah. right. I guess that's why I thought it was because the Naked Guns came out around the same time that Michael Jackson was active, all this was going down, whatever. August 16th, okay, 1977. Elvis Presley mm-hmm. plays an intense game of racquetball, okay. Finishes his game of racquetball, goes up uh, to bed with his girlfriend at the time, Ginger Allen. Can't sleep. Can't fall asleep. Yeah. Pumps a couple off in her. Can't fall asleep. He's like, what is going on? Yeah. So he calls down to the down to the Memphis Mafia. He's like, hey, somebody bring me up some sleeping pills. I can't fall asleep up here. So somebody brings him up some sleeping pills, takes them. Laying there, still can't fall asleep. He calls back down. Hey, somebody send me up some uh, some sleeping pills. I can't fall asleep up here. <laughs> so they bring up a second round of sleeping pills. Takes those. Still can't fall asleep. 
So he looks at Ginger. He's like, "Hey, look, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go read in the bathroom," which was his uh, his code word for try and take a shit. Right. He's like, "I'm gonna go read in the bathroom. I'll be back in a little bit. I can't sleep." Goes in the bathroom. Apparently, goes in there. Apparently, pulls down his pants and doesn't even make it onto the throne, and drops right there on the ground. Damn. That's the official story. Okay. She comes. She hears the thump. She comes running into the room, sees him laying there. Calls the who does she call? She calls the doctor. And the paramedics paramedics show up they uh look at him they're like well he's dead his doctor finally shows up he uh looks at him says we need to take him to the hospital there's a bunch of cl- conflicting reports where supposedly he tried to perform CPR on him he says he didn't try and perform CPR on him because uh, he was still alive and his his mouth was clenched. The paramedics say he was dead when they got there. He looked like he'd been dead for quite some time when they got there. So that right there is conflicting reports. Right. He gets to on the way to the hospital in an ambulance. His doctor is riding with him. They bypass the closest hospital and go to a secondary hospital, which is like 15 minutes further away than the closest hospital because his doctor knows the doctors that are on on call there. And they're more discreet when it comes to these matters than the other hospital. Right. So he directs them to that hospital. They get there. They... uh bring him into the emergency room the doctors look at him and they're like like what are we supposed to do with this corpse right and they're like uh try and bring him back to life and they're like uh okay (laughs) so they work on him for like 10 10 to 15 minutes if that even and then they're like like this is pointless he's that like the only reason they even did that was because they said this is Elvis Presley and you have to fucking try right so they tried they gave it a shot and then finally the guy's like look I got other things I gotta do look my coffee's getting cold I gotta get out of (laughs) here yeah so (laughs) they call it and uh, that's the end of the Elvis Presley that we know and love yep that's the official story. Within a couple of days, he's buried it in the ground. They do an autopsy. They find out that he had uh, inflammation of the heart. They say mm-hmm. they call it. They chalk it up to like heart disease. Yeah, and uh, and they say that's the official cause of death. And there's so much conspiracy around this. Yeah. Well, there's actually even more, not even just that. I've heard conflicting ideologies on his death when it comes to the medical side of it. That's what's funny. Yeah, man. Every, every, like literally every aspect of the whole thing. Yeah. It's insanity. Yeah. There was a, uh, I think I've actually talked about this on 
the podcast before, but I wish I could remember this book. It was a book my ex was reading. And this is the one part of the whole book I got that I actually grabbed the book and read it, but I don't remember the name of the book. I just remember on the front of the cover of the book had a like literally a dude where you just saw his feet in a morgue with like a toe tag on it. And it was like some medical book that was like, or not a medical book, but it was like a, it was a book that was like regaling all these like unique things that happened medically. And it, a lot of them had to do with celebrities and stuff like that. And they talked about Elvis, about him. You talked about this earlier, having digestive issues. Yeah. So apparently he suffered from a condition that would make his colon swell up where it wouldn't secrete the the doo-doo uh the shit very well so it would actually clog up so they it was said that like he would spend hour like an hour in or hours in the bathroom trying to poop well there's actually been medical like uh evidence that people that have this condition when they sit on the toilet and strain they'll strain so hard that it is such a strain on their heart it actually gives them a heart attack Mm. and that was one of the things that I'll never forget that was in this book that when they opened him up that they actually found I think 28 pounds of fecal matter yes a 28 pound turd yeah and it's because his colon would swell to the size of a fucking football that's why sometimes you got fat Elvis that looks like puffy and swollen it's because his colon is swelling up and he can't go to the bathroom. Now that by itself might not be an, an issue, but like you add pills. I don't know if you ever have taken a prescription medication on purpose or not, or like prescribed or not, but sometimes that shit blocks you up. I had me personally, I've had, I had like a tonsil issue one time and I was taking this pain medication to deal with it before they actually took them out. And I, I, I'll be honest, I probably took too many and I could not crap to save my life. And it's whatever's in the prescription medication. And I was straining to take a dump. And I always think back to that. I'm like, Ooh, the, what if all these pills he's taken? Cause it's not the active ingredient that's making him go to sleep or painkillers or anything like that. It's all the extra shit they put in it. The filler yeah. that right. makes you clogged up. So, you know, if he's sitting there trying to take a 28-pound dump, which, by the way, he had the shittiest diet known to man. Uh, <laughs> he was like, as as the one of the things I saw, he was a compulsive eater. Like, that's how he dealt with his feelings was, since he couldn't drink, he would fucking eat, was one of them. And, you know, do, dr- you know, prescription drugs and you know, smoke weed here and there, I guess, uh, which probably didn't help on him eating shitty food. Um, but one of his favorite ones was, I, fuck, I don't remember what they call it, but it's, you take a loaf of bread and you bore it out and you fill it full of peanut butter and jelly and bacon and you deep fry that motherfucker. And he would yeah. have like a couple in a night and it was a thousand calories per loaf. <laughs> Yeah, I think there was a banana in there too. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was. Um, <laughs> so you take that hearty ass stoner meal on top of all the pills, 
no wonder you got a 28 pound shit in your system. And then oh, you're yeah. trying to strain. And if your heart is already weakened by years of cholesterol and shitty eating, yeah, you might fucking clock one out. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they said that his looking at his medical history leading up to his death, like he was basically a dead man walking. Right. Like there was a number of things that could have taken him out at any point in time. Yeah. Like he was, he was already on borrowed time Mm. and he watched like his final, his final performances that he would give that are televised. And you can see him. He's just a struggling mess. Like he's soaked in perspiration. Yeah. He can barely even get the, like he'll get the notes out, but you can tell he's, He's struggling the whole time. Right. And uh, it's kind of sad to watch, really. Well, fuck yeah. If you think about that at the same time, you're like, damn, this dude. He is like his heart is beating every little beat it can. Right. So this is so these are all reasons to believe that he actually did die on this day. Right. Exactly. (laughs) <laughs> so, so now, so now the reasons why people think that he did not actually die on this day, right? Uh, a lot of people think that uh, he faked his own death uh, to get out of the spotlight to get because he was under all this pressure. He wanted to get away from it all, do his own thing outside of the public eye. So we faked his own death. Uh, reasons people give for this is the misspelling of his name on his gravestone is one thing. Yeah. Because his middle name is Aaron, but it's spelled A-R-O-N, but they spell it with two A's on the gravestone. And he was a sp- suspicious man or superstitious man. And people say that if he... If he uh, had, he didn't want to have his actual correct full name on a gravestone uh, not actually being in there. So he purposely had them misspell his middle name. So I actually heard another version of that, that it was actually like, so this is this version that his parents were a little illiterate and they didn't know how to write properly. And that his dad, that he asked his dad like later on, like why did, like why did you name me Aaron, like my middle name Aaron with A, you know R O N and not A A R O N A A Ron, and he's like, we just didn't know at the time, we just wrote it down wrong. He goes, well, I want you from now on to like put my middle name as correct, and there's some documents of him actually putting. A.A. Ron, like from then on. So there were some people saying that, like, that was the reason for the change on his gravestone. But then there's other people going, it's because, like you said, he's superstitious. And he. Well, in a, in a interview that I read with his dad, his dad actually said that on the birth certificate, it was spelled with two A's and they wanted it to be only one A and they actually went back and 
because they corrected at the birth certificate. They they corrected it with two A's. Yeah. And they went back and had to pay extra money to get it redone because they wanted it only with one A. Mm, interesting. So it was very intentional that yeah. his middle name only had one A in it. Okay. Or that could just be his dad coming back after the fact like, I'm not a literate. I swear to God. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Uh, uh, so there's that another reason why people think that he uh, faked his death was because at his funeral he had an open casket funeral and they said that his body in the casket was actually sweating and if you know you know that dead people don't sweat (laughs) yeah and they actually they actually uh, specially made his casket. I don't know if you knew this or not. It was a custom job that was done in two days. They had this casket done in two days. Custom job weighed 900 pounds. Yeah. And it had his own air conditioning unit in it. <laughs> so the air conditioning unit. So one of the theories is <laughs> it wasn't him. It was a wax body. Exactly. And which then, is why I would be sweating. Right. And then that's what would keep it cool in the hot Memphis sun was yes. the air conditioning unit. But I've also heard that the custom job was his casket was also made out of copper. Why? I don't know. No, I don't know either. Because zombies. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> why? Because no reason. Yeah. Because he's a white walker. Because and, uh, life because life is full of no reason. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Why? <laughs> Why not? That was Elvis's life. Why the fuck not? That's right. Now, another reason why people think that he maybe faked his own death is because the psychologist came out in the early 2000s and said that, hey, uh, I have been uh, counseling this fella who says that he is Elvis Presley and he faked his own death and he is alive and well. And uh, he's been going by the name of Jason Garon, which was his dead twin brother's name. Right. And this guy uh, basically had his whole life ruined over coming out and alleging this 10 years later, they go back and interview this guy and he's like, yeah, still to this day, even after all the shit that I've been through losing my doctor's license, everything else over this, I would still testify in a court that he severe, he seriously is Elvis. Yeah. They did uh, DNA testing, and uh, apparently this dude has legitimately has the DNA of his parents. He is the child of Elvis Presley's parents. Right. One way or another. <laughs> now, wasn't this guy like in an insane asylum or something like that for yes. many, many years? See, yes. that's the crazy part. So, Eric, I, I want to interject something that I've been thinking about. So, which is why nobody can get in to interview this guy. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
So it definitely could well be Elvis, but I want to play devil's advocate and go, what if his brother wasn't stillborn? Because I was saying that earlier. Um, what if he had mental issues at a very young age and they didn't know how to deal with him? So instead of, you know, back then you couldn't just, they didn't have the quality of medical availability as we do today. So what if they just literally just put him in a nut house and just go fucking there. Now we only have to deal with our one child. And then that's why his mother was so protective because she was like, you're going to be okay. Not like your crazy ass brother over here. And well, then, in the 1930s, that was common practice. If yeah. you didn't, if you didn't, if you weren't normal in any kind of way, shape or form, that is exactly where they sent you. Yeah, nuthouse. So it that would make sense in that half. So, and then what do you tell people? Then all of a sudden you went from having two kids to one. Well, then you tell people, well, one didn't make it. One was stillborn and we yeah. buried in an unmarked grave. Exactly. Like we buried him in a marked grave. We don't like, like that just so like just happened. You wouldn't mark it. Like if it was that. If it was that, it was to the point that they named the kid. Yeah, I feel like he's going to have a marked grave, right? Because you're you are so attached and emotionally there. Why wouldn't you do that? Right, and she's feeling that she's suffering from that. Yeah, the the whole rest of her life. Right, and then the fact they didn't put a marked marker is like, well, that's weird, right? So is it like, did that happen or did they just brush him under? Like he's, he's got issues. Boom. Right. So and is Jesse Guerin actually Jesse Guerin? See, that's what I was sitting there thinking. Like, what if it's actually get Jesse Guerin? What if it's him that's just been like under, like he's been in the nuthouse this whole time? Yeah. Because if you look at the picture of him, he doesn't really look like Elvis. His teeth are all jacked up. Yeah. He like he vaguely looks like Elvis. His facial his facial features vaguely. Yeah. Like they it it's also hard because like I know your ears and nose keep growing. But it's hard to dis, like decide like I mean people were way more about well, one, like, could they even afford having two kids? There's number one. Two, if he was mentally unstable or, like, just not there, they didn't know how to handle him, they take him to a nut house, and then they just pretend like he never existed. Like, yeah, that's messed up, but crap like that happened back then. Well, also, there are medical records that show that she had a third boy nine months later after she had the twins no shit so she according to hospital records she had a third baby boy less than a year after elvis and jesse are born yeah and supposedly she gave him up for adoption Mm. is the rumor around town because she couldn't afford him ah because it was right around this time Elvis's dad was getting into some trouble with the law and was in and out of prison. Yeah. 
and uh and she couldn't she she was basically going couch to couch staying with friend, different friends and family with a baby mm-hmm. just trying to survive at this right. point yeah that's the word around town now could this person be that child that was given up for adoption yeah definitely yeah <clears throat> that would definitely make sense it just makes it weird that his name now granted maybe because the first one died so young and they just took the same name and just named it to him as like homage to the first child like why they named him the same thing like jesse garen uh, or if he even had a real name i mean that's true but, too because he could have not and then he found out who he was and then just but, gave himself the name of the perished one exactly yeah which i think is kind of what happened if if i had a guess as to who this guy is if the dna is all legit okay right and i had a guess as to who this person is that would be my big that would be my number one guess yeah it would be a good guess for sure it would make sense right and then even when confronted with the hospital records showing that there was a third boy that was born uh because she, because the mom had already passed away mm-hmm. when, uh, whenever they this was discovered, uh, they brought it to the dad, and he was like, "I don't know, I don't remember." Was his answer to it? <laughs> yeah, it's like really, you don't remember if you had a third son? He's like, "Look, it was, it was one, it was that time of the year, you know." I don't. Yeah. Know. <laughs> it was the fifties. It was a crazy time, you know. I was, was in jail the, a lot. It was the late thirties. Oh shit! Yeah, it was the late thirties. He's like, ah, dude, it was the thirties. I don't know. Yeah, I was in the, I was in the, uh, <laughs> the pokey. It was, it was prohibition. So yeah, he's like, you know, I'm hiding behind the walls trying to get a drink. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> speakeasies. He, he's in the speakeasies. Right. Uh, yeah. He got arrested. He got arrested and did like. 18 months in prison for forging a check for five dollars. Yeah. <laughs> it's like $25 today. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they were a lot harsher back then. Uh oh, it's crazy, man. Yeah. Well, uh, sometimes I think we should go back to those days. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, people wouldn't forge checks. Yeah. People would do a lot less crime, I think. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes. So, so there's those. Now we also have the fact that some people think that he faked his own death because of this pastor named Bob Joyce. Have you seen this? No, have not actually. So Bob Joyce is a is a pastor, and uh, I can't remember exactly where he's at. Arkansas, I think. Maybe. Mm-hmm. And uh, he says he actually is Elvis. Really? <laughs> and if you look at him, he looks identical to what Elvis would look like aged. Really? And he sings very well. And he sounds, when he talks, he sounds exactly like Elvis. And he sings exactly like Elvis. Right. And he plays the guitar and the piano. 
and he preaches and so many members of Elvis's friends and family all said if Elvis was still alive today what would he be doing they all said unanimously he'd be a preacher yeah and here we have Bob Joyce Pastor Bob Joyce (laughs) out here preaching in Arkansas and supposedly now he's coming forward saying hey I'm Elvis listener if you want to go go to YouTube YouTube search Bob Joyce Elvis Presley and you'll find a bunch of videos on Bob Joyce and Elvis Presley and uh, make the decision for yourself Bob Joyce huh Bob Joyce now we also have in the camp of the faked his own death conspiracy operation fountain pen operation fountain pen do you know about this maybe if it's what i'm thinking it is maybe but go ahead people think well this operation fountain pen is a legit operation by that with the fbi where they basically <laughs> had Elvis was like an informant on the mafia. Yeah, that's what I thought it was. And he had given so much information over that basically he was a dead man if he didn't fake his own death. And they were like, we have to put you into protective custody. So we're going to basically create this scenario where we're going to fake your death and according to a lot of some people think that the entire like intestinal issues that he had was yep. all fabrication yeah. all fabrication to lead up to his his death his faking of his death <laughs> I like it alright <laughs> like building the backstory. Right. To then get him out, which is genius if that's the case. Oh yeah, because there because he was never diagnosed. Usually, when somebody has the rare disease that supposedly Elvis had, yeah, they're diagnosed with it as an infant or as a young toddler. Right, like yeah. they know they know at that point that you have it. Yeah, and he was never diagnosed with this. Hmm. They also say that he would have never went into the army. They wouldn't have allowed him to be in the army if he had this. Mm, that's a good point. Like he would have, as soon as they found out that he had this, he would have been medically discharged. Yeah. Like, nope. Right. Yeah, gone. But no, he did his time in the army. People are like, he didn't have this. Like, yeah. Like he didn't suffer from this. It wasn't until later on in his, in his life where they started saying, okay, well, it's, he's getting deeper and deeper into this because apparently he'd been undercover with the FBI for like 15 years or some shit. Oh, damn. Okay. Like an insane amount of time. Yeah. And they're like, we've got to have an out here. Like <laughs> there's got to be a way to get out of it. Yeah. And so they start gradually feeding in. Somebody comes up with this story. And they start gradually feeding into this. And they're like, 
you know, to kind of help the situation, Elvis, you need to start gaining some weight. Huh. So he starts eating this crazy ass shit like you were just talking about. Yeah. Like, well, I got to put on some weight. <laughs> so I'm yeah. going to start eating some fucked up shit. <laughs> Thousand calorie meals. Yeah. Yeah. Just to put on some weight so I can get a little weight on me and it'll help the cause at the end of the day. And then they finally came to him and was like, all right, it's time. We're going to do this. And he's like, all right, let's do it. And Ginger Allen and everybody else that was at the mansion, this doctor, they're all in on it. Yeah. Or they weren't, or they weren't in on it. And they gave him one of the guys who brought up his quote unquote sleeping pills. This is another theory. Yeah. Uh, It was actually this special type of pill where it makes you basically just appear to be dead. Yeah. It's kind of like in, uh, Oh, what was it? Sherlock Holmes, uh, Lord Blackwood. They have something to like lower your heart rate. Yeah. There's a couple of movies that they use that type of thing and yeah. Fake deaths. But so supposedly, and it's a real thing. So supposedly they give him this. And actually, I think I saw an episode of like Dateline or some shit where they like gave this dude, like gave his wife the same drug and they thought that she was dead and they like actually killed her on the autopsy table. Yeah. How fucked up is that? That's pretty fucked up. But anyways, so supposedly like one of the theories is that they gave him this drug. He takes it in the bathroom and just drops out, right? Right. She so so they're not the doctor and his girlfriend, none of them are in on it. They're just see him and think he's dead. They rush him to the hospital, and while he's in the coroner's office, they do the old switcheroo. Right. And they, they put in the the uh wax figure that they had. All created by Madame Medusa or whatever the fuck her name is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> See, I I do like this theory a little bit just for the fact that there is some it's fun backstory of like, you know, him meeting Richard Nixon, him him becoming an unofficial uh narcotic like federal agent, but like a yeah. like a at large or whatever the hell he called it. Right. And uh you know, there was a story on uh, drunk history about him stopping a plane using that badge because he was technically a federal officer, so he could actually stop airplanes. Uh, as the story goes, like he basically some guy came to his house, the guy stole some shit from him, and he they found out the guy was leaving town and getting it was on his airplane. cheeseburger delivery guy. Yeah. <laughs> and he fucking uh like stole a bunch of like necklaces or something then he ran out there stopped the airplane from flying off yeah and brought the guy back and then ended up giving the guy the fucking necklaces anyway but then they just ended up partying like no no you're not gonna steal from me uh, well the, apparently this guy was like under his employee okay he was like hired by dude, imagine this you're hired by elvis presley to be the guy to run to the fast food joint to get him cheeseburgers. Right. That's your sole job. Yeah. That's what you do. That's your job. And that was what his job was. Like, literally, he got yeah. paid to do that. 
And Elvis, so Elvis does everything that you just said, brings him back to the house, slaps him around a little bit, and then supposedly starts crying and like asking the guy, like, why would you steal? Why wouldn't you just tell me you needed money? Yeah. Like, like why? And uh, forgives the guy. Like you said, just forgives him. And it's like, look, I'm like, just, I'll, you can keep working here. I'll just give you money. Yeah. And apparently the guy was like, so, uh, felt so stupid or felt like so ashamed of himself that he refused to take his job back from Elvis. No shit. I think it had something to do with the Memphis Mafia, his boys that were like, like Elvis is up front. I can picture this. Like Elvis is up front in front of the guy. Like, dude, just keep working for me. And then you got five guys standing behind him, just shaking their heads. Like, nope, nope. Better say no. <laughs> yeah, motherfucker. You wait till you step out of this house. Right. As soon yeah. as he leaves, you're fucked. Yeah. Um. But uh, what was I going to say? The 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 drug enforcement thing was interesting because he. Part of his letter he sent to Richard Nixon to get that badge was saying that he could he could do good against the war on drugs because that was like something that was going on back then, and that uh, he's in the middle of it essentially, saying that right. like like he has access to all these people and all these you know this underground people like you know, and then that that's kind of where the conspiracy lies where like maybe he un like he do, un, like he uncovered this like fucking drug ring in Hollywood or you know in the music scene or whatever and got him caught up in it and they were like oh shit Elvis is going down yeah or he's like oh shit we need Elvis yeah we need Elvis on our side for sure cuz that was part of that operation was their basically getting people who were celebrities to be undercover agents for the FBI right. to get the inside scoop on all these illegal things that are going on. Mm-hmm. And he was listed as one of the people that was part of this operation. Nice. <laughs> Dude, so uh, one of the other reasons why people think that he faked his own death is uh, the handwriting. As you mentioned several times now, the letter that he wrote to Richard Nixon right. was compared with handwriting after his death. That was wrote after his death, one yeah. of which was an inventory of his house for the insurance agency. Huh. They did a full inventory of his house post-death, like two or three days after he died. Right. And the handwriting on that inventory list, they compared it with uh, his letter and it matched. Damn. Okay. Also, on his death certificate was off, or uh, I think it was actually his uh, the autopsy, the coroner's autopsy mm-hmm. was all completely filled out, but at the top of the page, they left it blank and they said that they needed one of his relatives to fill out basically his full name, 
and his address and everything. Well, <laughs> apparently they say that he filled that out himself and they compared all like his writing his name and his address and all that to other like times when he wrote his name and his address, just printed it all out mm-hmm. and it all matched perfectly. Damn. Right. <laughs> so either he faked his own death and he wrote the inventory list and his own corner thing himself. Right. Or he didn't write the letter to Nixon. <laughs> right. He, he, had Ooh. Pr- he had Priscilla or somebody else actually pen that letter. Yeah. That would be interesting. Then you got someone else setting it up. Right. Then, yeah. Or just somebody else. Yeah. Or just, I didn't even think about that. Or just somebody else altogether. Yeah. Like the, the main man, his handler, whoever his handler was. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Oh shit. Yeah. Now (laughs) we're getting into it. What do you think, man? What do you think? Those are all the, those are all the Oh, so, okay. So here's a couple other things. Why oh, okay. they, he faked his own death. Uh, one, he appeared in a uh, home alone. <laughs> I saw that. <laughs> I saw that as a uh, weird facts about Elvis and that's so random. And I was like, and it, the funny thing is the one I watched, they actually gave the actor's name who it was, but I like to believe it was Elvis. Did, they, like, did somebody figure out who it was? Because everything that I saw said it didn't like because he's uncredited. He's just an uncredited yeah. extra. I think uh, whatever video I watched, it was the guy came out and you could kind of vaguely see like the guy in the video because it, it's a bearded guy in the airport when uh, uh, Kevin McAllister's mother is. Uh, trying to get a plane ticket back yeah, because their son is home alone, AKA the movie title. Um, It's the scene where he, where she meets uh, John candy for the first time. Right. Uh, The polka King. And um, he, uh, yeah, there's some guy in the background. Like, why is this guy Elvis? Like who the fuck was like, it's him right there. He snuck in on a movie set. He's been gone for 30 years. He's got a beard. Like nothing about this guy screams Elvis. Like I don't see it. Like I saw <laughs> the clip and I'm like, what? Yeah. Is it just somebody just saying it just to like see that guy right there? That's Elvis. He's snuck well, like, from the nose up. It kind of looks like Elvis. He's got his hair. Right. And he does like this little head twitch in the scene which Elvis was known to do all the time. Right. But like, other than that, I, I don't see it. Like, yeah. and they, and they showed that like, so it also in the scene, like he's standing right next to John candy. And, uh, apparently like Elvis is actually just a little bit shorter than John candy. Mm. But in the scene, you can tell that this guy is actually taller than John candy by like two or three inches. Yeah. So they're like, well, the height, like they got an extra, he's got like an extra five to six inches 
of height than Elvis does. Yeah. So they're like, eh, maybe not him. Uh, another times, other times where they say that maybe he was spotted was actually at Graceland, and like an all white beard with white hair. Oh shit! Okay, like like twice actually. They uh, and both times, whoever the person was, was there with a full security detail. Huh. Interesting. But they don't know who the person actually was. Yeah. And, uh, but like when you watch the videotape of it, like they've had in a, this one documentary I was watching, like his old entourage dudes are like, they show them the videotape of this guy and like, just like his gait and the way he walks and the way he's like carrying himself. And then at one point he like, does like this like he puts up two fingers up to the side of his cheek like right in front of the camera and like apparently Elvis had like a broken really fucked up uh, ring finger on his one hand Mm. and when this guy did that that was one of the fingers that he propped up right in front of the camera and you saw that it was all disfigured just like Elvis's was oh shit okay and it was almost like this guy was intentionally holding that finger up right in front of the camera. Yeah. Just to be like, here's my finger, you know, here's my proof. Right. Right. (laughs) Uh, but like still to this day, nobody's figured out who that guy was or why he was there and why he had a full security detail and all that shit. Yeah. Right. He came back from Buenos Aires and uh yeah. dude, so here's my here's my thinking. Like yeah. if he legit faked his own death and was gone, he's gone gone. He's not in, sitting in some kind of psycho fucking lab somewhere. He's yeah. not sitting uh, he's not preaching in Arkansas. He's gone. He's out of the country. He's got to be. Yeah, he's got, and he'll have a full security detail, and he'll have the whole nine somewhere, like you said, in Buenos Aires or some shit. Yeah, right. Like, he's nowhere around here. He's sitting on the beach somewhere far away, nowhere in a private beach where nobody's going to see him. And he's got an onslaught of, you know, 20-year-olds coming out to the beach. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We hope. the rest of his life. <laughs> That's now, what I think. I mean, that would make sense. I mean, it, it's like some next level Illuminati shit. Like you just stay here. Um, the, you know, what it reminds me of is, ah, damn it. Uh, there was a movie with Jean-Claude Van Damme. And I think, uh, Oh my God, I just went blank on this dude's name. Uh, he played for the Bulls, uh, Dennis Rodman. Yeah. And I think the gist of the movie was like John Claude Van Damme's character was like taken, like he died, quote unquote, but not really, but because he was such a valuable asset, they took him to a like a special island full of people that supposedly died. Yeah. 
Zoe gets there and Elvis is there, like fucking Tupac, like everybody's there. <laughs> right. Yeah. And it's and they're there to essentially drive the world and all these other kind of crazy Illuminati kind of shit. And I'm like, see, I feel like that's if he was somewhere, that's where he would be. Somewhere he'd be either like secure like that by like some crazy fucking conspiracy or he's so he's so disconnected from mainstream media that no one knows who the fuck this guy is and it's been so long who the hell would recognize him right right yeah man there was actually a eyewitness testimony given by this uh, girl in I think it was Denmark who said that this guy older gentleman this is like in the 90s shows up at her restaurant and she's a waitress and sits down and orders some food or like basically ask her like what's good here you know yeah and she was a huge Elvis fan and she just looked at him and was like oh my god Oh my God, you're, oh my God, you're Elvis. <laughs> yeah. And, and she said that he just kind of gave her this big smile and was like, look, you don't tell nobody, like, no harm, no foul type thing, you know? Right. And then him and like the three guys that he was there with all immediately got up from the table and left. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> she, yeah. And then she comes forward like, I freaking saw him like he was there yeah <laughs> and then as soon as I called him out they dipped out you know that's wild yeah alright so given all the information that uh, you have been presented with today Mr. Yes. Gorley would you say that Elvis is alive or he could have faked his death but is dead now but he maybe faked his death or do you think he actually died? I like to think, I like to think he's still alive. It's fun. Um, I don't know. It's it's like he's still here. Like there's still a chance for a comeback. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I, that's like that's so American of you. We're always rooting for the underdog. Yeah, damn right. Uh, <laughs> But I mean, I, I mean, all realism. I'm kind of like, yeah, he's gone. That's just it. Like this is just all us perpetuating whatever. But part of me is like, it would be cool if, like, that's why I like the Jesse thing about the dude in the crazy nut house. Like, what if he did lose his shit? He just got fucking strung out on drugs, and he was so out of his fucking mind, he was whacked out that they just threw him in a nut house and just named him his brother and that's also like one of my biggest fears is being put in a nut house when you're not crazy and everyone convincing you that you are crazy oh that would be horrible that's horrifying dude uh yes it keeps me up at night <laughs> <laughs> like I've seen too many of those movies and that freaks me out more than anything else. I don't know why. So yeah. that ideology of like, he's still there and he's like, I'm fucking Elvis. And they're like, okay, 
okay there, Jesse. And you're like, motherfucker. Like, it, then you're having to relive all that. Like, that just sounds horrifying, which yeah. sounds for a better story. So that's why I like it. <laughs> Hell yeah. Yeah. Dude, I, I want to say that uh, he was part of this FBI operation. Yeah. They did. They did uh, a lot of backstory to cover up his fake death including falsifying uh doctors visits and all kinds of shit leading up to it and then he fakes his own death they do the switch out they put the wax figure in the coffin and then meanwhile he is long gone he's in buenos aires or he's in the fucking nude beaches of southern france (laughs) right you know yeah, and uh, to to never be seen again, to never be seen on American soil again. Yeah, sounds like a great time. Yeah, to just live it up. And he can watch. That's why his ex and his daughter are always in like movies and shit, so he can see them. Yeah, <laughs> the naked gun, Priscilla Presley, not Lisa yeah. Marie. That's right. As we found out, that's right. That's what I think happened. Yeah. Either that or he was abducted by aliens, maybe. Yeah, I mean, what if, I mean, honestly, they, they wanted to find the finest specimen. And at the time, we were worshiping, quote unquote, him. So yeah. they abducted him. That's right. Yeah. It was either Helm or John Lennon. And they're yeah. like, it's got to be Elvis. It's got to be Elvis. Yeah. That guy it's knows gotta- He's got that growl and that that upper lip thing that he does. Yeah. He knows how to party. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That was it. That was the the deciding factor. Yeah, right. (laughs) John Lennon didn't have a 16-year-old hiding in his grandma's basement. (laughs) That's right. He didn't. (laughs) Oh, Oh, damn it. <laughs> well, I'm glad that we got to the bottom of this. Yeah, we got to the bottom of it for sure. <laughs> all right. So where can they find us on social media? Oh man, they could definitely find us on all social medias, meaning you can find us on Facebook at Soberless Thoughts. You can find us on Instagram at Soberless Thoughts. Don't forget we are on Twitter. We do that tweet tweet at Think Soberless. Uh, you can also contact us directly at our web address and our email address because i can't think right now our web address is soberless thoughts at soberless thoughts.com oh my god yes <laughs> go to soberless thoughts.com but don't forget to email us directly at soberless thoughts gmail.com where you can ask ask talk anything you want to do really if you want to comment tell us a drink to drink uh topic to talk or a thing to think we will do them all if you send us at serverless thoughts at gmail.com um don't forget to like share and comment all things serverless meaning you should go to all our pod catchers either itunes spotify google play um any of those other ones you can kind of find out there don't forget to do a like share comment on all those things (laughs) struggle bussing oh and when you find yourself in that struggle skillet (laughs) (laughs) you need to stay cheesy keep it greasy and flip on out y'all still want me to come with you